0: Good to see you all. Our um, our pastors are on vacation uh, this week. Um, they're in Florida for a few days. And so uh, I know they're having a great time. And uh, they love the beach. Pastor Bill definitely loves the beach. So um, it's important for them. And uh, uh, I know you that you all love them and uh, are so grateful for them like we are. And so um, we ought to be... Uh, Praying for them that uh, God would continue just to encourage them and strengthen them, Amen. And uh, they always come back from Florida like totally refreshed and and uh, really tuned in and uh, to to what God is saying. Uh, uh, for the next season of the church, Amen. For what God has for us, and so be praying for them, Amen. That they're just refreshed and uh, encouraged, Amen. <clears throat> and I don't have a funny story tonight, other than uh, when I got home, uh, I was a little late getting home for work, or from work tonight, and I got home a little bit after six, and so I was rushing to get ready, and Kelly was already gone, and so I have no idea. I looked in the mirror, I was like, I don't even. I'm not really sure if this matches. And I got here, and I said, What's it look like? She goes. Well, that's different. Uh, and so, not sure that's good. So, if it's distract, if it's distracting, I'm sorry. All right, looks good. There you go. Maybe like eight years ago, looked good, right? A little out of style. I got so many things in the closet, right? Like you do that. Like they're they're just like coming back around, right? You just hold on to them long enough, they'll come back around in style. Amen. Huh? Well, they're already wearing everything that I have, right? And then well, what's cool is now when they're wearing things, right, they're as big as I am. And so now when they go out of style, I'm like, I'll take that, right? (laughs) Yeah, that $30 T-shirt that you bought from your mowing grass money, I'll take that T-shirt. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, can you imagine? um, Well, let's pray tonight. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you again for the opportunity to be together tonight. And uh, we desire to hear a word from you tonight, Father. And uh, we've come with open hearts, open minds, and uh, to receive from you. Father, I yield myself to you tonight. I ask you to use me in a powerful way. Minister through me, Father God. We thank you for your living word that every time it's spoken, Father God, in faith, that it changes us, Father God. And so we thank you that uh, that we, be encouraged and strengthened tonight that our spirits be uh, built up and strengthened that our minds be renewed with the word of God and uh, we just thank you for a great night in Jesus name everybody said amen Amen. can you imagine uh, living life from this point forward never ever afraid or worried again about anything wouldn't that be a great life Right? Seriously. From this point forward, never afraid again or never worried, right? It's probably uh, easier to say, yeah, I would never be afraid again rather than to say I would never be worried again. But the root of worry is fear, right? And so um, it is possible. Everybody say "It's it's possible. It's possible for you and I to live... Every day for the rest of our lives, never again worried or afraid of anything. It's possible. What did Jesus say? He said, do not worry about your life. And so he would not have told us not to worry if it wasn't possible. Amen. So um, we know it's, he also said, or or there's, we have a command, don't kill other people. (laughs) Is it possible not to kill other people? Absolutely. Right. Lisa felt like it last week, but no, no, it's possible. Right. I don't plan on killing anyone. So, so we also have a command. Don't worry. Amen. The same, uh, the same to me, it's just important, uh, that, that we wouldn't worry. Amen. It's the same word. He said, don't kill. He also said, don't worry. Amen. And so we need to grab a hold of that word and uh, grab a hold of the promise uh, that he's given us that, that it's possible to live the rest of our life never afraid and never worried again about anything, to live a completely carefree life. Everybody say carefree. carefree. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm so glad that I'm part of a church that believes it's possible, right? And uh, I'm so glad we found this place that uh, where the word of God is preached in faith in love and and we can hear a word uh, that builds our faith and it's just uh, simply the truth of the word and so we know that we can do it. Amen. What would a fear of, uh, a life of no fear look like right. Never afraid about anything never afraid of anyone never afraid of anything never afraid or worried about any situation ever again. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's possible. Amen. We have one person in the back row not participating. It's possible. Amen. <laughs> All right. Some people would say it's not possible, but you and I know from the word of God <clears throat> clearly teaches that fear does not come from God. Therefore, you and I as believers never have to be in fear, meaning we never have to worry. That's a great word. Amen. The closer you and I get to God, the further we get from fear and worry. Amen. Second Timothy one, seven, the scripture that we're all familiar with. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a good mind. Those are the three things that we need to never be in fear again. Those are the three things that we need. Power, love, because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love, God's perfect love in our heart. Ultimately, fear, people are afraid of losing something, right? Losing something, losing respect, losing money, losing, ultimately losing health or losing life, right? But if we're willing to give anything away, then we'll never be afraid of losing it. And so God's perfect love on the inside of us puts us in a position where we're always willing to give anything away, never holding on to anything. The Apostle Paul said, my life is not my own. Right. And so if we can live life that way, willing to give anything away, not holding on to anything, then it's possible to live a life of no fear and no worry. Amen. Abiding in his perfect love, walking in his wonderful love. Amen. Willing to give anything away and never afraid, never worried about anything. Amen. You can't take my life if I'm willing to lay it down. Right. You can't take my money if I'm willing to give it to you right? You can't take my stuff if I'm willing to give it to you, right? You can't take my pride if I'm willing to be humble and lay it down. Amen? Right? Perfect love. His perfect love on the inside of us casts out all fear. You can't take it if I'm willing to give it away. Amen? Hallelujah. Fear takes root and it paralyzes people. Fear stops people. It holds people back. Jesus brings freedom. Jesus brings life, healing, joy, power, boldness. Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't worry about your life. Amen? Really, worry is pretty selfish if you think about it. Because if we're worrying, who are we thinking about? Ourselves. <laughs> right? Well, if we would be focused in on him, focused on his word, yielded to the Holy Spirit, consumed with his love, then we take the focus off of ourself and we put the focus on him and then worry lifts off of our life. Amen. If you're finding yourself consumed with worry, consumed with fear, take your eyes off of yourself, put your eyes on him, on his word be filled with his love amen and put your focus on what he wants to do through you for other people amen so matthew 6 25 jesus said therefore i say to you do not worry about your life don't worry about what you're going to eat what you're going to drink don't worry about your body don't worry about what you're going to put on is your life not more than food and the body more than clothing Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit, 18 inches, to your stature? Amen? Everybody say, I'm not afraid. I'm not worried about anything. I'm carefree. Amen author john mason who we've had it in our church before speaking uh john mason said worry is interest paid in advance on debt you'll never incur and then in one of his books um A quote uh, by William Ward, he said, Worry is faith in the negative, trust in the unpleasant, it's assurance of disaster and belief in defeat. Worry is a magnet that attracts negative conditions. Faith is a more powerful force that creates positive circumstances. Worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Amen? And Dale Carnegie said, an old man was asked what had robbed him of joy in his life. And his reply was, things that never even happened. Amen. I do believe that this is a word from the Lord for us tonight because uh even before uh the word i shared last wednesday or the one the sunday before god put this word in my heart and then he started showing me these quotes and dropping scriptures in my heart and i've just been plugging it into my phone and and so i feel like this is a word from him for us amen tonight and and so especially with all the things happening in our country all these different things that we're so disappointed in our government for all these different things that are happening it's important that you and i purpose in our heart uh, to live a life carefree amen worry free and fear free and perhaps what's coming on the horizon we're going to have to be the people that are carefree amen and worry free and never afraid psalm 56 verses three and four in the living bible says when i am afraid i will put my confidence in you yes i will trust the promises of god and since i am trusting him What can mere man do to me? Amen. One of the most amazing examples of a young man who lived free of fear was Joseph in the Old Testament. And um, you all are familiar with Joseph's story, but um, it's just amazing um, what happened in his life and, and how he was so faithful You know the story of Joseph. Uh, he was one of twelve brothers, and uh, his brothers were jealous of him, thought that he was receiving uh, unfair attention and favor from their father, and so instead of having a great time in the desert playing ball with Joseph, they got jealous, and and so um, they were out one day, and and so they, uh, you know, they started scheming against him, and uh, you know the story. They finally said, you know what? Let's just dig a hole and throw him in it. And so they literally, um, or they found a hole, and they, I don't know if they dug it or found it, I can't remember, but they threw him in a hole, and like a, a well, and no way for him to get out, and uh, and they left him, uh, their own brother. And uh, that point right there would have been enough, right, for Joseph to hold on to bitterness his entire life, or to at least be afraid that something horrible was going to happen to him again, <laughs> right? He's, he's uh, no longer uh, with his family. Um, his own brothers have betrayed him. Um, and then you know the story. These Midianite traders come along and uh, they sell them to him, sell him into, uh, into slavery. And so a uh, horrible situation. He's taken to a land where he doesn't know the language, right? He's uh, uh, put into service as a slave. Uh, terrible situation. But there's no evidence... That Joseph was ever bitter or ever worried about himself and uh, we see this uh, play out in in Genesis 40 verse 7 and and this this is just the one scripture I want to focus on from uh, the entire story of Joseph's life he was serving in uh, Potiphar's house the captain of the military and uh, he was serving in his house and uh, Potiphar was away on business, away on a trip, and uh, I guess it would have he would been away on doing military things. And uh, since he was captain in the military, but Potiphar's wife um, uh, was flirting with Joseph, and uh, they were a wealthy family. They they were wealthy enough to have servants at the time, and so she probably smelled good and looked good, and uh, and and so she was flirting with Joseph, and he resisted resisted her multiple times, and uh, she got angry with him. And, and so um, she devised a scheme and uh, left her scarf with him or something, and then her husband came home, and she falsely accused Joseph of rape. And, uh, and so her husband uh, was naturally very mad. And, and so uh, a, a powerful man, they throw Joseph in a, in a dungeon and uh, basically leave him to die. And so now... Uh, here's the place in this young man's life. And he was 17 years old when his brothers first threw him in the pit. Young man, right? He had no Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out on the earth. He didn't have the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant. He he didn't uh, have—Jesus had not been on the earth yet, right? He didn't have victory in his life through Jesus. He didn't have all these amazing things that you and I have, right? Right? Yet somehow, he lived a carefree life, even in the middle of this, like, crazy, negative, uh, these negative circumstances that were happening to him. And uh, we see evidence of it in Genesis 4, 40, verse 7. He's in, he's in the dungeon, and one morning, he walks over to uh, two other prisoners So it said, uh, so Joseph asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house in the dungeon. And he said, why do you guys look so sad today? That's amazing to me. That one statement. This is a young man at age 17, completely betrayed by his family, sent to a foreign land where he doesn't know the language, and now he's falsely accused of rape. His honor, it's gone. He has a bad name, right? He's been falsely accused by a powerful family. Everyone thinks he's scum of the earth. He has no friends, right? He should have been in a corner whimpering and crying all day every day right based on what he had been through but there's no evidence anywhere in his story of the 12 or 13 chapters in genesis of him having any worry any care any fear at all in his life he continued to serve and love other people even in the midst of this terrible situation amen and, and so to me, it's amazing, even though he has been so mistreated and he's been through such a difficult time in life, he didn't take that burden, that care, and that worry on himself. Instead, he's thinking about other people. Why are you so sad today? Right? Can you imagine their response? We're in the dungeon, dude, and it's bad. Why are you so happy? Right? Everybody say carefree. It's possible. Amen. Number one, he took the time to focus on other people who were hurting. And number two, he refused to allow his circumstances to change his positive and carefree attitude. God was looking for a man that he could entrust with great power. And so you know the end of the story. There was a a huge famine coming in the land. Nobody had any money. Nobody had any food. And so God gave Joseph tremendous wisdom. He shares this wisdom with the king. The king is like, wow, this is amazing wisdom. And so the king puts him in charge of all the food, right? And the king gives him all these resources. And he entrusts all this power to this young man because God saw him faithful, and he knew that he wouldn't use it for himself. It's amazing. And, uh, It's just awesome to think that that, you know, if we're going through difficult circumstances in situations, if we can just if we can just see things the way that God sees them, then we can recognize that that is he is he causing bad things to happen? No, probably not. But he can use those situations in our life and we can develop in character and we can prove ourselves faithful. Amen. So that we'll get the Lord's attention. We already have his attention, but, but he'll know that we can be entrusted. Amen. We can be entrusted with great power, great authority. Amen. Because we'll use it for him. Hallelujah. Everybody say carefree. It's possible. Amen. Just for a few minutes, I want to give you four, four ways to eliminate fear and worry from our lives. Number one, don't allow fear in the door. I shared about a week ago that our kids had not had a, had not had a bad dream that I could remember, any of them, um, their entire life. Except for Sam, he watched Jurassic Park and woke up the next day afraid of, no, he woke up that night afraid of dinosaurs. He said there was a T-Rex in his bedroom. But that's the only time I can remember the kids ever coming in the bedroom uh, scared of a bad dream. But, uh, but, but the one thing I, I, I didn't mention is that I haven't had a bad dream in 15 years. Not a scary dream, not a bad dream. Haven't woken up one time at night, and I'm not. I'm not saying yet. I'm not doing that. Y'all know that, but uh, it's really a testimony. Amen. And uh, but one thing we've done is we have not allowed fear in the door. Right? We don't think about it. We don't meditate on it. We don't dwell on it. And one of the most popular ways. This might be more relevant for teenagers, but it might be relevant for you in your house tonight. Is, is that we don't watch scary movies. We don't watch scary commercials that promote scary movies, right? These movies are popular. Uh, 2013, World War Z. If you all saw it, I don't know, but it was a horror movie, I guess. But it grossed $202 million just before that paranormal activity. I think there's been multiple movies. I don't know. I didn't watch them. But that one grossed $183 million. So... It's a, it, it could be difficult to eliminate fear from our life if we're allowing it in and dwelling on images of ghosts and spirits and all kinds of weird stuff, right? If you don't want weird in your life, don't watch it, right? If you don't want negative, perverted, ungodly in your life, don't open the door and let it into your eyes and your ears, amen? Amen. Our eyes and our ears are the gateway to our heart, and so we have to protect our heart in this world today. Amen? So, men, we have to bounce our eyes, right? Bounce our eyes. We're visually, visually stimulated. So it's important that—sorry, no teenagers in here. We tell them, too, right? They need to know, right? So it's important we bounce our eyes, right? So we guard our eyes, guard our ears to keep our hearts pure. Amen? Amen? So we don't open the door to fear in our life. Amen. <clears throat> As parents, we have the ability. We can either let it into our home or we can turn it off and not allow it in. Amen. And you don't have to do it in a heavy handed way. Amen. We've never done it in a heavy handed way. Create, create the type of situation where they don't want it in their life. Amen. Give them something so much more positive, so much more fun, so much better that they don't want the garbage of the world. Amen? Hallelujah. So don't allow fear in the door. Number two, say no to sin. Everybody say, say no, say no. to sin. And so tonight, I don't have a list of sins, but uh, each of us, the Holy Spirit will show us. Amen? Anything in our life that God is telling us. Uh, to close the door on, to not to continue to allow into our life, because sin opens the door to fear. Um, Adam in the old covenant had everything that he could possibly need; just had one one instruction from God: don't eat of that certain tree. We all know what he did, right? And uh, he blamed it on Eve. But I went back, and Eve wasn't even there, right? God told Adam, and then Adam told Eve; she didn't hear the original instruction. That's amazing, right? (laughs) It was Adam's fault. (laughs) Poor guy. We've been throwing him under the bus from day one, right? So anyway, but uh, God shows up and uh, he said, he said, I heard your voice. And uh, there it is. Genesis three, nine and 10. Adam said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. Amen. So instead of the Lord's voice bringing encouragement and comfort to him, he opened the door to sin, and he was immediately afraid. Fear had no place in the earth up until that moment. Amen. Then when, uh, when Adam sinned, he opened the door to fear. And it's the first thing he felt when, when he sinned. Look at... Um, You all know the story of uh, David and Goliath, and uh, this young man did mighty things for God. And and, uh, David, in the book of Psalm 27, verses 1 through 3, I want to show you a contrast of David. Before sin and after sin. Psalm 27, 1 through 3. uh, This is before sin. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies, my foes, they stumbled and they fell. Even though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Even though war rises against me, in this I will be confident. That's before sin. And then you know the story of Bathsheba. David is on top of the uh, roof, and he looks over on on a roof nearby, and there's uh, Bathsheba taking a bath. And uh, David should have known better. He should have run. But uh, he looks at her, and um, she was taking a bath, so she was probably naked. And so he looked again, right? And he said, whoa. He probably... Whoa, right? And he, and he looked again. And he turned away, and then he looked back, and he looked again. And he started thinking about her. And he started dwelling on her. And he started thinking about her some more. And he started thinking about her some more. And he started, whoo, wow. Wow. And so then, before you know it, he talks to one of his guys that worked for him and they arrange a meeting, and now David's committed this mighty man of God that God had done such amazing things through. Now he's committing adultery with her. <clears throat> and then he arranges a situation where he puts her husband on the front line of battle. So now, now he's like an accessory to murder. <clears throat> and so then then look what happen, happens to David's, David's uh, attitude. And uh, he opened the door to fear. Because of sin. In Psalm 55, 1 through 5, he said, Give ear to my prayer, O God. Please do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me. Hear me. I'm restless in my complaint. And I am moaning noisily because of the voice of my enemy. Because of the oppression of the wicked. They're bringing down trouble upon me. In wrath, they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness, trembling have come upon me. Horror has overwhelmed me. His sin opened the door to real torment in his life. Right? God's will? No, not God's will. God's will for him was strength and victory and peace of mind. Amen? Everybody say no. no. Say no. no. To, sin. to sin. Amen. God has given us victory over sin. He's given us victory over anything and everything in our life that would hinder us from holding us back from being All he's called us to be. Amen. Number three, walk in love. So again, four ways for you and I to live a life free of worry and free of fear. Number one, don't allow fear in the door. Maybe it's through media. Maybe it's through movies, right? For young people. Maybe it's through video games. Number two, say no to sin because sin opens the door to fear. King Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, he said, he who walks with integrity walks securely. And number three, walk in love. And I mentioned this earlier, but 1 John 4.18 says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Fear and worry are rooted in selfishness. Afraid we're going to lose something but if you and i are willing to give anything away then there's no way the enemy can trick us into being fearful about losing it if we're willing to lay our lives down for god then the enemy cannot trick us into being held captive through fearful thoughts of what someone else might do or think about us amen life is not about you life is not about me life is what god wants to do through us amen Hallelujah. Worry and fear are totally rooted in selfishness. And thank God that His perfect love casts out that fear. His perfect love in us allows you and I to take the focus off of ourselves and put the focus on Jesus, put the focus on His love for other people and what He wants to do in us and through us for others. Amen? Everybody say perfect love casts out fear. Amen. And then the last thing, and perhaps the most important thing, is what we focus on, right? And it's so important that we focus on the right things so that we don't allow fear and worry to be a part of our life. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And then the next scripture there in uh, Philippians four eight, you guys can come up if you like. In uh, Philippians four eight, he he tells us what to meditate on. The Apostle Paul does. And he gives us this filter for life to, uh, to not allow anything into our life if it doesn't make it through this filter in Philippians 4.8. And uh, not allowing anything into our mind or not allowing ourselves to dwell on anything that doesn't make it through this filter here. In Philippians 4.8, says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, positive things, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Amen? And as you and I focus on things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, things of a good report— things of virtue, things that are praiseworthy, as we have refused to allow our minds to meditate on anything else, then we'll be able to live the carefree life that God has destined for us. Amen. We want to pray for you tonight. And uh, if let's all stand up tonight.